Well, it's your old buddy, Steve Simonson, and here we are on the Awesomers.com podcast series. In fact, we're in a sub-mini-series. Uh, I don't know exactly how many episodes we have, but probably, you know, 250, near and 300 episodes overall with the Awesomers.com. And with the Founders Foundations mini-series, we're, I don't know, 15 or 16 days into this process. And this is my gift to you, hopefully to, to give you essentially a blueprint for how to get your team and yourself organized and trained towards each of the modules that you need to kind of prepare yourself to be a, you know, a grow and scale a company at a, at a sufficient size uh, and potentially, you know, large size if that's what you want. If you say, well, gosh, Steve, I just want to be a, a guy uh, or a gal who's couch surfs and and I just need to make a couple thousand bucks a month to, you know, live the dream down in Colombia. Uh, fair enough. You don't have to get into every one of these things. And maybe some are more or less, um, what would I say, applicable to you. You can just treat it like an a la carte menu. Uh, but I would say the larger that you anticipate growing or scaling a company, the more consideration you should give to each of these particular subject matter components and decide what value, if any, they apply uh, to your business. More importantly, since it's it's just a roadmap with these kind of brief introductions, I actually in intended to do these in only, you know, maybe five minutes an episode, but they're often, you know, two or three times longer than that because there's even in an introductory concept, there's a lot to say, uh, some cautionary notes that I've had along the way, as well as some contextual setting as I'm doing right now. So let's jump into today's topic, which is the strategic marketing systemization of your company and ultimately of your marketing department. And this is going to round out kind of the marketing introduction, the marketing level setting that we're doing with the team. So what do I mean by strategic marketing systemization? Sounds super nerdy. But really what I'm saying is now we, we are going to coalesce everything that we've done in the marketing uh, modules all the way into some sort of core written strategic statement. This is where we're going to you know, figure out who we're marketing to, and we're going to write all this down. And, you know, what does our customer look like? And we're going to write it down. And how many leads do we need to generate our, the sales we want this year and next and the following uh, onwards based on our conversion rates for the next subsequent years to accomplish, again, that strategic objective? What's our average sales amount, right? AOV, people call it in the online world. What's your average order value? Uh, what's your cost per acquisition so that you can do some financial analysis and make sure that you're winning the game of marketing? Uh, every, you know, everything we do in life, but in business especially, is a trade-off. If I'm spending money over here, that's a trade-off because I I'm probably can't spend that same money elsewhere. Uh, everybody ultimately has a, a budget that you, you must kind of stay within. So we're we're now taking the the intangibles and the uh, more ethereal elements of marketing and the psychographics and the customer avatar. And we're going to pair it up with the financial pieces and put it into really what the, the company marketing strategy should look like. And that's why it is both strategic and systemic. Everything we've done up until now, uh, those components will be added in 
And we will then help us define not just our product and make sure that all of our products in the current mix or in the development cycles fit our brand identity that we're striving for. And then any future products would also need to fit that. Finally, we like to do a little bit of a competitive analysis to make sure that we understand where we stand in the market today and then how we can measure if that position in the market is improving. By the way, one of the, the quick and easy way to do it is just a, a general awareness study. And you could do a, you know, a Google survey for 10 cents a reply, run a, a you know, a thousand replies and you spend a hundred dollars to find out, do people know your brand right now? And you could do it either by logo or by brand name, or you could do one of each, uh, spend a couple hundred bucks and just get your baseline of what is your marketing awareness in this particular segment. And a Google survey allows you to do some demographic, geographic and other targeting so that you can make sure that you're defining the segment of the market that is relevant. So as an example, if you are selling shoes in, uh, let's say, Canada, and you run a Google survey to people in Iran, you're not going to find high awareness, nor should you. Uh, your objective should be to find people in Canada. And presumably, you know, uh, if you sell kid shoes, then you probably aren't going to want kids to actually be the ones who are voting. So you'd make your age parent appropriate. Uh, perhaps uh, grandparents as well. And my whole point is that you lend some thought into how you put these surveys together and then you maintain those thoughts and that that calibration so that you can use that for future surveys. Let's say you just do it once a year. Your objective is to track overall, is your marketing having any impact in the market in terms of overall awareness? Now, again, People go, well, Steve, gosh, is that even worth it? I'm just a micro brand. I, what does it matter? And it's like, yeah, maybe if it doesn't matter to you, that's fine. I love to keep score. I love to see if what we're doing makes a difference. And, you know, there's some bias in the, the world. Some people might say yes when they, they really don't know your brand. But all of that kind of fleshes itself out when, uh, flushes itself out, I suppose, when it's, you know, a thousand respondents. And gosh, if it's, if you can get a thousand respondents to answer a question, you know, basically a binary yes, no question within, you know, a day for a hundred bucks, why wouldn't you do it? Uh, that's my counter question back to you if you don't want to do it. So understanding, you know, where you're, you're starting. I, I don't want you to get caught up on your competition, but I want you to be aware of them. So you may also ask a question about, you know, let's just say your number one competitor, you could do the same marketing awareness study on them each year and just kind of check your vector. Are you going up and are they maintaining? Are they going down? Is there any change in that comp, you know, that particular competitor? I never want you to be obsessed by your competition. Um, I like to say, you know, being, being aware and informed is different than being obsessed and, you know, debilitated by, um, you know, following your competition. Uh, focus on your, what you do and what you do well and being aware of what your competition is doing is well, it's necessary, it's useful, because if you see them make a misstep, you know, that's your time to jump in. Um, if they're out of stock and you have stock, why not say, you know, you can count on brand X because we actually have inventory. And that just sends a little signal to the market. Oh, well, I can, these guys are uh, more reliable. Maybe I should uh, give their brand consideration today. We've talked about how you really differentiate your brand and 
and get your USP organized. We've talked about, you know, the the marketing imagery and identity that you really should be striving uh, for in past episodes. And now you're going to start putting all of this stuff together and start figuring out, well, gosh, where am I going to start marketing this this, um, brand or product or what have you? By the where in this case are the types of places you might advertise or deploy marketing resources. So we know that pay-per-click that's advertising, which is a subset of marketing. Uh, PR is, you know, press, uh, and that is a subset of marketing. You may find other things, you know, blog uh, is another marketing strategy and is another potential go-to-market strategy that you could use. There are any number of things. And for different businesses, there are different uh, reasons to do it. If you're a service provider uh, going on to, you know, different people's podcasts that are within your target market and sharing some true pearls of wisdom, some actual value will get you a lot more goodwill than sending a bunch of Facebook ads at that same person over and over, right? That that's Those are two different marketing pieces, right? One's advertising, one's podcasting, but they interface with their customer much differently. One is an opt-in. I'm listening to a podcast because I uh, already uh, appreciate whatever this podcast brand or host brings, and they have you on as a guest. And that adds a little sprinkle of credibility, magic pixie dust to you. And then if you actually perform well and you you know, share what makes you awesome, uh, or even better, awesomer, then you're more likely to have that magic pixie dust of that brand of the podcast sprinkle onto you in real time and in a opt-in, very um, nuanced way, uh, very subtle way, versus running a bunch of Facebook ads to, the, you know, that same user interrupting their scrolling. That's a, a much different experience. For clarity, I'm not saying you shouldn't do Facebook ads, or you shouldn't do interruptive advertising. That's just part of the the thing. But I want you to really understand the mix of your marketing. And that, in fact, is what a marketing system is, certainly the strategic version. How are you mixing these things together? What relevance, if any, does PR have to you? And I would say it should have some relevance. Um, If you go to the empowery.com partner directory, uh, great PR resource. I've known the fella uh, who runs that for a long, long time. And if you really understand PR, this is not meant to be a promotion for your product. This is meant to be a, you know, just a core announcement of this new product or this new brand or this new feature is now available to the market. And it wasn't before. And, you know, by George, you should be happy that we're telling you this. That's what PR should be like. Now, you may decide that you want to advertise on specific social media and not other social media based on you know the the audience that it has uh, for example if you sell to young uh teenage girls uh TikTok's where you should be if you're trying to reach 50 old 50 year old men TikTok is not where you should be right so your allocation of spend should also be very clear to you based on all the work you've done before to understand those customer avatars to understand the psychographics and and any of the other Uh, aspects of your customer bias and behaviors. So every building block that we've done so far is what makes this a system. And this strategic process is the final step for you to have your your marketing benchmarks and your marketing baseline. Uh, By the way, I like to look at the market 
size. And I'll give you different ways of looking at this. You can go to different market sizes and you can base it on revenue in your, your particular industry. So as an example, in England, I can tell you, you know, there's a there's a specific resource that will tell you, here's how much uh, office furniture is sold in England. And I can therefore just take my sales and I'm a percentage of that overall big business. So that my market share is X percent. Now, maybe that doesn't apply to uh, the Amazon FBA business so easily. So if you're an Amazon FBA seller, go find your, your top 20 or 25 competitors. Um, those are the people getting all the sales on Amazon. You can do this on a, you know, any number of these different online tools will help you, you know, get the grid of estimated purchases. And that addressable market size of those top 25 competitors might be a million or 10 million a year. Um, and now again, you're X percent of that based on your sales. That gives you again an index point. Are you making inroads into a specific marketplace based on a financial metric? not just an awareness metric that we discussed earlier. Uh, there are lots of things that I think are important to marketing, you know, beyond the addressable size of the market. I like to think of how often do people buy this stuff, right? I've always been kind of jealous of the supplement folks who have, you know, monthly purchases, let's say. Uh, what a dream. Uh, so many things that I've sold have been larger, expensive, or infrequent purchases that, you know, I would dream of a lifetime value of, you know, 10 purchases or 50 purchases over their lifetime or 100 purchases, for goodness sake. I can't dream of such a thing. Um, but that is certainly part of your overall data set that you want to consider. Uh, you want to then consider, you know, how are you going after them? What, what kind of marketing uh, costs can you apply to these? And you'll break out those marketing expenses in, you know, direct advertising and PR and some of these other things we've discussed and other things that we haven't discussed, things that you will come up with on your own. And finally, then you'll start getting back into that whole mathematics on, you know, what's your cost per acquisition, average order value. You really need to have a solid sense of this. Um, now, some people go deeper than others. Uh, it's up to you how deep you want to go. But for sure, if you don't know kind of your generic incoming leads versus amount of customers sold, then you don't have a sense whether your conversion is going up or down. I will remind you in earlier cases, there are different methods that you can calculate that between different channels. And those different channels can have different targets. That's okay. Maybe all of those aggregate to a single big number, big metric that you're following. That's okay too. But just know that there, there's not one generic number to go, well, if we can't hit this conversion rate, then we're done. We're not doing that channel. Because it, you know, it may not be applicable to that, yet it may still be a very profitable channel. So this is the point where you're taking all those intangibles and now you're putting mathematics into the equation. And that itself is the, the strategic takeaway. You're then ideally going to, you know, kind of go through a process that will yield a written document that says, here is our marketing strategy right? Here's who we're going after. Here's how we're delivering the stuff. Here's how we're, you know, making sure our customers are satisfied. Here's where we're shipping our product from. Uh, and then here's all of the, the data points that go along with that. And then you dust this thing off. So first of all, this becomes a, uh, again, a playbook for your team to go, all right, um, we know this is our market size. We know this is our budget, um, you know, percentage of sales or however you want to do it. 
And now we need to get the best yield out of that. And all of this can be a live living document that your team shares and you just refer back to it uh, again and again. And then maybe once a year you do an update and make sure it's all still relevant. You update your awareness numbers that I talked about earlier. Maybe you update your market penetration uh, based on the, you know, the financials that I alluded to and on and on. So many things, everybody, get brought together in this last bit of our marketing kind of foundational elements. So that's so we've we've done kind of the core beliefs and and big picture, uh, let's say. Then we've done marketing. Next, we're going to move into finance in our next episode. So the Founder Foundations miniseries continues, everybody. I hope you're staying tuned. I hope it's useful to you. I truly do. Uh, if it's not, tell me, and uh, I will uh, repent and not do this in the future. But if it is, well, gosh, you should tell me that too, so we can uh, dedicate more time and resources to producing these types of episodes. Thanks again, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye.